Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Todd. Hey guys. I have Scott. Good evening. And I have Ash. Hello. Hey, yeah. you've got rid of the opening and the podcast. Though. No, I didn't get rid of it. It's Boy. called forgetting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the same thing when I went and listened to it the other day. I was yeah. like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. I, thought, I thought we just got I didn't even think I, I didn't even put the outro in either, the music. Hmm. Yep. Yep. You're, you're no young Jamie. No, I am no Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's not even young Jamie anymore. I finally saw what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in the Tim Kennedy one? Yeah, he got a gun. Yeah, yeah he did. In Tim Kennedy. Let's go. You got Tim Kennedy on. I want a gun. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Texas, so. It's Canada. It's going to be a water gun. Do we have any news? Yeah. Uh, West Coast is on fire. Pretty much. Yeah. Big not, time. Not in Canada, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure looks like it out there though. It yeah, today. it's thick. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. getting all the horrible smoke up our area, the coast and interior, and high too, not just low. Like usually, mm-hmm. you can sneak up to the top of our mountains here and get away from it. Not at all. It's really socked in. That thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty thick out there. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about. We're going to start with actually a really interesting one, which uh, a very strange practice, but it was a good one. It was a lot of fun. Um, we went to our local swimming pool, um, and it was kind of just before they were emptying the pool and they let us go and, uh, see what we could do with our gear on in the pool and SCBAs and Scott, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. In the summertime, I was watching my son swim in the pool. I was sitting there bored, <laughs> thinking of fire stuff, <laughs> thinking of training stuff. And I'm like, holy man. Swimming pool. We could swim in the swimming pool. Um, then I started thinking, well, we can't swim in it right now because obviously there's. <laughs> if we're going to. My idea started rolling in my head like we could swim with our clothes on, we could swim with our gear on. Okay, how dirty is that going to be? Because you know, we're going to like, Obviously, no matter how much you wash your gear, or some people don't wash their gear, um, it's gonna, you're going to get dirt in the water. So um, I know in September they shut the pool down. So I actually, well, the. While he was still swimming, I walked over to the front office there and talked to one of the guys who actually used to be a volunteer firefighter. I talked to him, and he talked to their boss, and next thing they're like, yep. Uh, we actually got the pool the week after the dog swim. Yeah, they used to do that for the <laughs> dogs. So the dogs yeah. get to swim, and then we get to swim. <laughs> but, I mean, everything the everything was still on. The, um, the filters were all still running. Um, the heater was off, but then they turned it on yeah. for us that day, so... Um, it, and that was warm. I felt. It. I mean, it's warmer uh, yeah. here right now. It's, yeah, it nice. You know, we're in the high twenties right now. Yeah. Which is what is that? Nineties in, in America? Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nineties, eighties, nineties. Eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So, in my head, I kind of had a plan of different things we could do because um, we don't have a lot of lakes around here. Like we have some lakes in our fire area. So we don't do a lot of flat water rescue, so we don't really um, train it that often because we have, mm-hmm. what, maybe three lakes we would 
could potentially respond to. Three or yeah. four, yeah. Yeah. So, most of our water stuff is going to be swift water, but I thought it would be important. And then I noticed in California, there's been a few firefighters that have actually fallen into swimming pools while fighting these fires with their turnout gear on. Um, so, we wanted to see how that would go over. Yeah, so we went, practiced. You guys want to take it? You were there too. I think it's, it's a great <laughs> idea because it's all part of part of what you preach about is, is that whole stress inoculation, right? Like, yeah. if you don't know what it feels like to be in a burning building, you're going to freak out a little bit at first. But the way you guys do it in the cold start and build that, that inoculation, same thing with this. You fall into a swimming pool in your turnout gear. You need to know how, how buoyant it is at first, yeah. what to do, you know, before it starts getting heavy and the boots filling yeah. up and you know, it's great. And and I I wasn't sure, like, because I watched a few videos and it looked like the guys sunk to the bottom of the pool right away. So I actually brought my scuba gear. So I'm just sitting in the pool scuba gear on. Um, but yeah, they actually didn't sink. Yeah, the flip side is, <laughs> it was, it was totally you could almost not, not, like, it would be really, if you're an SCBA, it would be a challenge sure. to drown. Like, with mask off, like, it was a challenge to go under the water. Yeah. So, between your pack, your boots, the new boots, and I think this might be a difference. I think you and I were talking yeah, maybe, a bit about yeah. that. New boots versus old boots. They got the thick rubber soles. I mean, a lot of this stuff is a lot more buoyant than, like, mm. the old, like, the old, like, galoshes style boots, right? That yeah. would just suck up all of that. Because I got that, the guys uh, to thrash around and mm-hmm. say, okay, now you floated there for a minute and thrash around and see what happens. And they waited, like, okay, you're not going under. It's weird. Yeah. And and that was no SUV. And that was mm-hmm. just, uh, Dennis was just in Just in general. And then uh, he thrashed around for a bit and went, oh, still floating. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So. Did you float? Uh, in SCBA, <laughs> I floated, yeah. Because I am not buoyant. <laughs> just naturally, I, for the love of me, I cannot float. I've never have as a child until, until now. Like, I can swim, but I can't float. And, uh, yeah, tossed, tossed a pack on, and man, I... I would float like a hot dog. I think a little re- rewind from the night before <laughs> yeah. we uh, get to talking about the SCBA stuff. Um, so before everybody got really wet, what I wanted to do was mm-hmm. um, we have an inflatable hose. And the guys haven't seen the inflatable hose really in action. And honestly, I, we haven't used an inflatable hose on our rescue. So I was like, oh, let's bring that thing out tonight. Um, yep. Guys have seen it. We've used it for other things, but never for what its intended purposes were. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we have... Uh, Couple, what are they? I guess they're just caps. Couple caps. Yeah, a couple yeah. caps. Um, one cap has a like a film air fitting. Yeah, mm-hmm. air fitting on the end. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we brought out, yeah we brought out the SCBA uh, that we use for um, filling lift bags. Yep. And so we brought that out, connected it in, filled it up. Uh, we did one length of hose. You could easily do ten length hose because mm-hmm. it didn't take much air to fill that. Actually, that, right. I, I, I'm talking. I'm like shh, talking away, and JP's like. You gotta turn that thing off. Oh shit! <laughs> 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 yeah. So we filled the hose up. It's part uh, of pressure testing. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we filled the hose up and then uh, we tied an old PFD uh, to the front of it, like and left the arms kind of like, the arm holes kind of sitting out because I've seen that on different videos. And then we threw one of the guys in the water just as a patient, and then Kevin by himself just kind of slid yep. the, slid the hose out. And kind of got it into him, looked like a big long snake. And then Grant, I think, who was the guy in the water, he just kind of looped his arms through the. Because the thought is, if you're doing an ice rescue, you don't want to have him try to hold onto a hose. No. Because he'll slip out, right? He'll probably lose grip. So the thought is to give him the most amount of stuff to kind of hook his arms through. So um, he kind of dove his arms through the uh, where the armholes on this SC, yeah. on the um, uh, KFD here. 
And if it fell off, you'd have a PFD then, right? We basically yeah. would just hand deliver a PFD, mm-hmm. but it was tied to the hose, and then we just pull them out and worked great. Even if it's just the hose at that point, like, you know, at least he's got something buoyant out of the ground. Yeah, if sure. it's yeah. that ice scenario, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and, you know, we could do probably three, four hundred. We could, we could probably go from the shore all the way to the guy and just roll yeah. into him. <laughs> like, it would, yeah. I'd like to try a longer. Longer push, maybe. Was mm-hmm. it still fairly rigid when you were pushing it out, or was it flaking? Like, was it hard it, to control? It was like a wet noodle. Like, yeah. it was, yeah, it, it like messed up a little but bit. But it did, but, and but then Kevin, of... he just kind of guided it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you could even roll it. Like, yeah. Nice. So I think it would be, if it was windier, I think we'd probably have a problem trying to get it yeah. completely mm-hmm. straight. We'd have to probably start off at an angle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I quick I mean the thought is, you, you, it's thought if it's for if it's for ice, yeah. you would have you know, yeah. it'd be a long push on on the ice, yeah. which mm-hmm. is not going to flop around. It's going to slide probably straight, yeah. and then once it hits the water, it's probably only going to be the size of this room. Mm-hmm. Try it this weekend. Yeah, we should for the camp out. You're right. Throw a couple lengths, two three lengths, yeah, and see how far we can push it out. Yeah, that's a good. Idea. Yeah, because we're going to have an engine there anyway. So yeah, let's do that. So we have a camping thing coming up for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, where we're going to be staying near a lake locally, so yeah. we can still respond, but all of our guys can camp together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to take a, take a truck, and that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, we can set it up and test it out on an actual lake. Heck yeah! Yeah, too many, too many lakes we can get going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too many guys we're going to get attached to the hose and hanging off. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah see much weight. Otherwise, in that lake the other day, it's freaking cold. So, <laughs> oh, you were there? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. chilly. Yeah. yeah, but anyways, yeah. Um, so that was the start of the night. We did the inflatable hose. Mm-hmm. Did that for maybe. Three or four minutes because it's you know it's hard is it to show them out a couple of hose and fill it with air, and then I'm like hey everybody jump in with your pants and your clothes on so some of us had I had my hoodie like a fairly hooked thick hoodie and then my uh, pants on t-shirt um, I had my shoes on a couple guys went swim shorts only which is kind of Defeats the purpose, but but I think most people had some like actual real street clothes on. Um, yeah, some guys. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys stayed in the shallower end because you know I mean it's not a like see if we can drown. It's not pool. It's not Navy Seal pool yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's basically like hey, if you've never been in the water with clothes on, do it and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, Tread water for a bit. And it was controlled environment. You had your suit, your yeah. SCBA or SCBA yeah. scuba. Sorry. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, uh, I told some of the guys that uh, haven't been like aren't tech trained water rescuers. I said put on the uh, PFDs. And jump in, like our actual rescue PFDs. Because if you haven't worn them and you haven't tested them in water, because we always test them because we're always wearing them when we're yeah. doing water rescue training. But if they haven't worn them in water, they actually don't know how good they are. So mm-hmm. um, we had about four or five guys floating around in those. Yep. So nice. Yeah, there's lots of safety involved. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we did a couple. Like I took my hoodie off, tied the ends, made made like the life vest out of uh, flipped yeah. over my head, caught some mm-hmm. air. Um, yeah, and then after that we. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guys started putting turnover gear on. <laughs> yeah. And we use spare, but we've got a bunch of backup turnover gear. So um, our uh, safety guy made sure they were all washed up and everything was good good there. So it, we, we weren't putting in, we just went through a structure fire and now we're going to jump in the water. Um, some. I, mean, I, think couple, I think a couple guys did jump in with their actual turnover gear. They did. Because a couple end, of gloves yeah. floated by. I'm like, like that can't <laughs> yeah. So watch the carry. Because she was, she's like, she was going to be on car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next yeah, day. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I'm just going to, but hers was clean, but wanted to, she's like, hey, this is what I would be walking into a fire with. Yeah. So she had all of her 
tools and knickknacks in our pockets. And, uh, and so that when we went to SCBA, uh, or when we went to Toronto, yeah. that's when I actually put my full scuba gear on. Because, like I said, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So I basically, uh, I sat at the bottom of the pool, seeing if anyone was going to join me by accident. <laughs> 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 and no one did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. mm-hmm. It was quite shocking, actually, how how everyone floated so easily. I was expecting it to get waterlogged and then eventually just become like your clothes would mm-hmm. just pull you down slowly, getting heavier and heavier. Which maybe yeah, it would. They, yeah. Well, they were in there for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot a of the guys time. put their SCBAs on and that really helps with points. Yeah. yeah, but even there, there yeah. was a couple of people that had them and they were just in the water with no SCBA yeah, and they were still Yeah, Glenn, Glenn was in the water for probably 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like thrashing around pretty good. Yeah. And he was still fairly and buoyant. He was still yeah. fairly buoyant. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he really says he, he he felt it on the boots, like his his lower half was like very light, uh, and then just with all the I don't know extra pockets, pockets and, and yeah. space and whatnot, and yeah. maybe just the materials yeah. it was. I mean, yeah, sounds pretty. The caveat is don't do this near swift water. <laughs> so that was something yeah. I was talking with Warren. Yeah, swift water would be a no go. <laughs> yeah. Well, any water you shouldn't go near turn yeah. here, but at least now we know. I think like the big asterisks on this talk is we wanted to show that if you were in somebody's backyard right. in the middle of the night and you fell in, this is a good a good thing to realize. I'm not going to sink to the bottom of your pool immediately, yeah. right? There's if you stay calm. You can just float yourself to the to the side of the pool and get yourself out, right? The flip side is not to be overconfident around swift water. I mean, this is still, if you're going near any moving water, eternal gear is 100% no. Because even though you were buoyant, the ability to move yeah. was super, super hard. Because really, that's what swift water is all about. It's the ability to maneuver yourself Correct. away from getting down. And you lose all of that. Like, you're a big... You're, you're in freaking turn up here. You're big and bulky. There's yeah. no fast movements. Yeah. So, so nothing, is, none of this changes our policy. Like we're, we're obviously yeah. not going near water, any yeah. water, even if it's flat water with mm-hmm. with our turn gear on. It's still gonna be. Yeah, like it's basically a self rescue technique. Right? Yeah. Like a self, it's, it's training for a self rescue. Yeah. If that event happens, yeah. like yeah. you mentioned, with the static water stuff, hence mm-hmm. forestry stuff with yeah. pools. Mm-hmm. Versus obviously, there's, if there's any people thinking that. <laughs> You're jumping in water internal gear. Everybody knows for water, absolutely not. But right. this is specifically to that <clears throat> style of self-inoculation. Yeah, and then, so after the internal gear, we started putting SCBA on. And, uh, I mean, we, we did it a couple weeks prior, so we kind of knew. And we've done it a couple times. We kind of knew what was going to happen, but this was definitely yeah. the most extensive we yeah. we really uh, kind of practiced or um, tested the gear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a couple points. I actually gra- ended up grabbing guys by their SCBA harnesses because I could see they were okay because they were breathing. All that happens is it auto-purges, right? So it's automatically, like, it's, it's not like an SCBA or scuba where you breathe mm-hmm. and bubbles come out. It's like bubbles are just constantly purging. So a couple guys, I'd swim up with my scuba gear. I'd grab them around their harness, and then I'd, I'd spin backwards and kick them down to the bottom of the pool. Well, I mean, they're giving me the thumb. They're giving me the okay the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time, and they're gone. Um, and they're fine, and then I bring them down, and then let them go, and they float back up. So yeah, it was it's very hard to drown somebody with SCB and turn out your on. <laughs> well, I got a, got a video of Carrie there. Is she she's got her gear on, and literally she's she's trying to swim down, and as she's going, she can't get her boots under because her boots are so buoyant. They're just keeping her keeping her floating. But it was really challenging for the guys to get underneath 
yeah. the, the surface, let alone to actually sink. Well, and then we had a, two, a, t- a couple guys really tested by jumping off the diving board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, we got some slow-mo cannonballs and Dennis doing yeah. a big dive. It was cool. And you were talking about uh, a couple of you guys were playing with uh, filling a mask there. and yeah, yeah, purging it out. Yeah. yeah, that was really interesting just to see what would happen if water did get inside the mask and maybe you didn't have your regulator on or whatever, right? So if you find yourself where you've slipped, fallen into some water, your mask fills up with air. If you uh, put on the regulator, purge, it took under two seconds for, for the mask to completely drain the water. Um, purge that water out and you're back breathing air again. So you're cranking yeah. your emergency bypass. Absolutely. Yeah. And fence it out nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another, it was quick. Yeah, that's a really interesting one that yeah. in itself. Because again, if you're in an interface fire sort of situation, uh, structure fire that maybe, you know, you've got good access around the back of the building, maybe you're using somebody else's property to gain access, you might, you'll, you'll be in your pack, you, you might have your mask on, but you're probably not going to be on air yet if you're just gaining access. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a situation you might find yourself in. I mean, obviously you should be aware of your surroundings as best as you can, obviously, but there's a lot of places that have these pools. They have pool, pool covers at, at nighttime. Things mm-hmm. are you know, getting crazy around you. You might find yourself sadly falling in there. So this is what this was about. So that was one other extra, one more tool or exposure point that uh, if you do find your mask that's filled up with water, it's fast. Yeah. Were you here when the guy fell in the sewer? Or mm-hmm. fell in the septic tank? Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, no. I, I think it was a quite a, quite a while ago. One of our guys fell in a septic tank. It was an open septic. He fell in a hole. <laughs> Ooh, that's a shitty situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I wasn't here for that. Yeah, that one, you probably want to purge the old. I think he only went up to his chest, which is... That's far enough. That's far enough. Which is about three feet farther than I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the corn. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Um, honestly, the uh, looking at it the way we did, and obviously going through it again, it's that outside of the box testing your gear, learning the capabilities of what you can do in it, especially if you're in a real crappy situation. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and I think that it went uh, it went really well. Well, and even some of the guys said it was good, just a team building thing. Just, I, I mean, we would pay all of us swimming around, and mm-hmm. yeah, because I was, I'm like, I don't know how this practice is gonna go. Like, I honestly never done this before, and I don't know what's gonna happen. Carrie had mentioned it was the funnest practice she can yeah. ever remember having. Oh, really? yeah, <laughs> well, <it's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> she was super excited. She was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so every summer we usually have, uh, we get invited down to one of our local um, uh, campgrounds. And we do a relay race with hoses and all the kids that are there camping from out of town. A lot of people try to book this this same mm-hmm. week so they can come back and it's the week that we are there. It's really fun for us, really fun for them. So we didn't get to do that this year. And that's something that people really look forward to. Um, and back to that team building. So th- those are the kind of practices. Like You can say that you're doing like hose movement and pump operations on this. I mean, it's for fun. This is community outreach right so uh that kind of a practice is it's pure team building it's a blast right on the beach right so not being able to do that you know this was way more skill building um and just awareness of what your equipment can do and can't do maybe 
but the team building aspect of it was a nice um, exchange from the one that we lost because of COVID and everything, mm-hmm. right? So this is something that, that we could do just ourselves. Um, everybody walk, walked out of there being like, oh, that was so much fun. It was great. Uh, you know, you're thinking of other things that you that you can do. Um, like, oh, hey, I can't wait to come back next year. Oh, I guess we're going to do this next year now. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, so next year when we do this, I guess, hey. <laughs> I guess this is getting slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> It's good though, like you said, you do need those sorts of practices mm-hmm. as well, just to yeah. again reignite everyone's passion into the, the, yeah. the different things, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. you get to test a few things, but honestly, for the majority, we just pissed around for. I think some guys wanted to bring uh, uh, kettlebells next year and like hold on to them. And yeah, and sink them. Yeah, see if you get the bottom and then like go and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, leave I, the kettlebell. I, I guess I have to go retrieve them. Yeah, that's you. Here, yeah. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> I throw a. Yeah, because we also did a little bit of throwback. Like, we had some people throwing mm-hmm. ropes, but yeah. then I got pretty tangled because there were so many of us in the pool. <laughs> ropes yeah. were flying over the place. Yeah, I mean, this pool is not massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was mm-hmm. good. It was a really good practice, and uh, it really helped everyone else just to kind of, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, even though competency in one of our member, one of our new guys, we actually didn't realize he, because he, he actually just moved here recently from a, another country, mm-hmm. and he had never swam before. So we're like, oh, just jump in the pool. He's like, nope. <laughs> we're like, oh, no, put an SC, put a P- PFD on and jump in the pool. He's like, nope. <laughs> oh, okay. So then uh, we actually, uh, one of our other guys took him in, and you know, had him by the end of the, by the end of the night, he was floating, floating around, in the, floating deep around end. the deep end <laughs> in, his, awesome. in a PFD. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, just okay. got him in that confidence. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be on the water. He's not a swimmer for any means. But, <laughs> but again, back to the team building, yeah, that's a perfect example of somebody that's yeah. not comfortable around mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. Look at the end result at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly what we're looking to do as, as a team. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It, it was Matt, actually. Obviously, Matt's one of our swift water guys. He's very, um, very high level competency when it comes to swift water. And so having him go through and kind of talk to our other guy and just kind of. Show him how to, eh, you don't need to be fully afraid. Like, yeah. he slowly, I was hearing him slowly step it's, through. It's funny, too, because usually, usually Matt is a little uh, aggressive on his instruction. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, all right, so I'm going to put you in the middle of the channel. I'm going to tie a 200 foot rope here, and we're probably going to drown you, but just pull the cord. You're fine. That's what I was going to push us in with ankle weights. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so watching him actually take it slow. Yeah, he can, he, he can take it slow. <laughs> He's in the dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a dick to us. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Matt. Mm. <laughs> Solid. Um, yeah, really, uh, again, another one of those thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Training's that turned out super fun for everyone. Uh, something else that uh, we've been talking about recently. Recently, we had a chain of, I want to say four. Yeah, let's say four. Let's say four. <laughs> Four or five. Yeah, sure. Four or five. Four or five-ish yeah. calls, um, which have all been medical-related. Um, Slash rescue, rescue medical, I guess. Yeah. And so we, for many years, our department has not been a huge fan of looking at the first responder um, model, kind yeah. of model. Um And those conversations have been had now for a little bit, and now we're really starting to actually actively engage this conversation um go ahead the reason, i think the reason why we were never really too invested in the first responder model is because we have uh, we have actually an ambulance station posted in our town with two two ambulances so it was always kind of like well they'll they'll get there first and we don't we can't really help them anyways 
But I mean, you know, the ambulance station, the ambulance is run by the BC government, and they, like every other government, they cut back and they do this, and sometimes there's delays, and you know, sometimes services call volume goes up, up, but not necessarily the budget for the ambulance goes up. So there is definitely um, over the last few years, we've noticed definitely a bigger gap in service. I think I don't Mm -hmm. maybe not. Todd, can, Todd won't speak to that, <laughs> but I, I th- not not a gap in service. Like they'll still come, obviously, but there is definitely call volumes up, yeah. especially now with um, COVID and stuff. Delays, there's, yeah. There's delays for everything, so we've been first on scene for a couple of calls in the last few weeks where we're like, oh, glad we have a few people trained in medical, but it would be nice to have a lot of people, everybody trained in medical. Yeah, yeah. And there's always been a crossover as. You know, we always say, well, we will come and assist, mm-hmm. absolutely, in which we have. Yeah. But now, again, like you're saying, there's there's more delays where that because that call volume has gone up and the crews aren't necessarily getting there as quickly as they are, we're still getting called at the same time. So now right. we're arriving first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Luckily, there is that crossover with a few, a lot of people do have medical tickets or, or are paramedics as well, dual trained. But as we know, not everybody makes that truck and yeah. you don't know who you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been going kind of back and forth, not so much back and forth, more forth, I guess, <laughs> on possibly shifting to at least some degree of first responder. Um, you know, it's obviously going to start with training everybody to that, yep. to that certain level. And then from there, we're going dis- to, there's going to be more further discussions on how deep are we going to go. We're never going to go full. Um, grandma twist her ankle. We're going in and helping no. her because that's not a, it's not necessarily around here because we have we do have those ambulances available. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more for from what it sounds like some of the divisions are. It's more for if, if it's like high acuity. Yeah. The, so the high acuity um, kind of kind of the life and life and death calls, right? So we'll, we <clears throat> we color code them as reds or purple. So a, a very high priority emergency call, um, and then also now with the first responder model is. They're going to first responder departments are responding to those high acuity calls, or any call where there's going to be delay of greater than twenty minutes for an ambulance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that's we're starting to see that fifteen minute mark now. Yeah. Because I mean, we we have we are quite frequently there before the ambulance. Very frequently, we're very very good at getting out fast. Mm-hmm. Normally, and we can get anywhere in our time within seven to ten minutes to mm-hmm. border to border. Um, so we're normally there within four, normally at the hole and out leaving within about four minutes after the Usually yeah, for sure, four, four and a half minutes, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're, we're fairly quick, so we do end up beating them on, on scene quite often. Yeah, it's not even so much even beating them, it's almost uh, like when we get, uh, like, especially the last few, we've gotten there. Pretty much similar to the time that they have, but we can take over CPR. We can take over those those jobs where people are, where we're tied with paramedic to do the thing, whereas we can go do the thing and then they can do other things. So, you know, like CPR, getting on the chest. There's four of us uh, working on a, on a call and that frees up a paramedic to go make other calls or grab mm-hmm. meds and do all the other stuff that paramedics need to do. Versus having to wait for them, having to wait for another ambulance to arrive, and then getting more resources, or maybe not getting another ambulance and having to do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to, to sort of add to that, that's something that I had a chat with Chief Bob about. <clears throat> I'm a big, big believer that anything that we can do to help out to aid the 
the uh, you know people from our town, the surround our uh, surrounding areas. Um, if we look to adapt a bit of an FR model, all we're doing is adding to what we already have in place. And if our response time is slower one day, we're still doing better than doing nothing. Yeah. And because that was the worry, oh, you know, we have 35 guys, like this is going to make our volume go up. It is 100%. But we're not going to be rolling 35 people on an FR call. You're going to exactly. be rolling two or four. Yeah, and if only right? two show up, two show up. You can roll yeah. with two people because you're just going to go there and do the job that a paramedic is going to be doing. But they're far superior trained to what we are right now for sure. And even going to an FR model, they're, I mean, we can work a chest for compressions and let them do their job, which that's their job. They're trained to do that. Um, and also, it leaves other skilled paramedics who will be responding potentially from pager on at, like as a, a secondary car. If there's another red, they are still available to peel off and go and take that call rather than now having to get you know coverage from another town or whatever it might 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 be. So all we're looking to do is just aid. We're not trying to do like. All right, this is our our show now. No, we just want to be support. Yeah, there's no way like <laughs> there's no way we're looking to take over any ambulance uh, right. uh, jobs or mm-hmm. um, any of that stuff. It's, I mean, that, and that's also really not really the way the province is designed. It's, it's not like suddenly the uh, municipal fire department is going to take over medical calls. Mm-hmm. It's just the way, and, and that's just and that's fine. We're not there to do that. The ambulance service is still going to be doing their thing. Yes, yeah. we're just filling a hole that needs to be filled. Right. Yeah, that that's exactly it, right? Like the the first responder model, it's it's made there so we're working together, right? Like yeah. there's there's no pissing match. There shouldn't be a pissing match, you know. Like at the end of the day, we do need more ambulances in certain communities where those call volumes arise. Mm-hmm. But currently in our communities, we're doing okay. It's yeah. just when they're delayed and when we're rolling, like you mentioned, we can be assisting absolutely. Like you look at when you're working in a larger uh, city. You know, those fire departments are working hand-in-hand hand with the paramedics. And yeah. if I was on the ambulance rolling up and the fire department rolls up to help me, I couldn't have got that job done um, without them that, that easy. Like, mm-hmm. you need all the people, especially when you start talking about those high-priority high, high priority calls, those cardiac arrest calls. Yeah. You know, having those extra hands in our small communities really, yeah. really benefits. Yeah. And then that way we're, as a department, we are now totally legally covered as well. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess on the flip side, there's because we're talking about the positives. That's right. I mean, there will, there could potentially be negatives. Negative one would be more calls, which Correct. a lot of our guys would be like, "That's not a negative." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we will never know how many more calls we might get until, until we do it. Switch, right. Yeah. So it could be <laughs> suddenly because from talking to other uh, regional departments that are that are similar size to us, similar amount of actual fire calls, rescue calls. When they also do first responder in the model that we're that mm-hmm. you just talked about with the reds and purples, um, they're they're going about up about a hundred calls a year. It's pretty considerable. Mm-hmm. Or some, like some hundred, some yeah. more, right? We um, did some numbers, and ours will go up nine hundred, just reds and purples. Really? Because huh. uh, yeah, the ones where I was talking, they're like, you know, we're usually sending out three, four hundred calls a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So that's why you got to like well, for us, like we're really looking at. Time frame when to roll out because you need manpower and yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know, right? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a big number. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Again, I think it just comes down to the fact that it, it, we're not because we're not actually fully that role. It's if we can and we get there first, then yeah. we've got that position yeah. to be able to take control yeah. and be able to do something. Especially when you know there are the, the vehicles are busy mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. Especially when in summer our population is going to quadruple and we get stuff going on all over the place. Yeah. You guys are busy, and it's just a simple fact that you know I. We're not the city. We don't have a lot of ambulances. We don't have other agencies that are going to be there to help. So we roll up and we get there first, which has happened. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to do something, you know, safely and accordingly for that patient. There's nothing worse than sitting there, not really doing much or not knowing what to do. Or you try and do something because you feel it may be right, but it may not be the right thing. And now you end up getting screwed over it when you're just trying to help. So that's why having that first responder training will really, really benefit us. And end goal, like Dr. Nick Sparrow said, is put the patient first. Our jobs are about patient care. That's what we want to be doing. I guess, uh, so con con number one, con number two is there is uh, definitely more potential for uh, PTS. Yeah. I don't even call it D anymore. Um, So post-traumatic stress, there is definitely a higher potential for that. Because Mm -hmm. obviously now we're going to be going to these, uh, potentially going to these higher uh, level medical calls and a lot of times they're not going to work out in the patient's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, and just to jump on exactly that is we, we're in small communities. Right? We are volunteer or paid on call firefighters in our town and whether you are on the job as a paramedic working ambulance in this town or the fire department, because it's a small town, we have the unfortunate burden of seeing and treating a lot of people we know. And that's where that PTS starts building up right. and you need to have these resources to help deal with it because it, you're, you're going to have a lot of bad calls in your career where you're going to know these people. Yeah. Whereas when you're working in a career department or medic or whatever in another city, you're usually not running into people you know. There's mm-hmm. a very big detachment, right? And yeah. that sometimes yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't take away all of it by any means. No. But there is something different. Like, if you go to, a, you know, a bad call and it's a pediatric or something like that, that's still going to suck. Yeah. But if you go to your neighbor's pediatric, mm-hmm. uh, now all of a sudden you have that, you know, that where you can't really detach all of your mm-hmm. personal feelings is tough. I mean, you do the job. That's what we're there to do. But I feel those ones are definitely going to stick, stick with you more. Then on the flip side of that is if we aren't trained and we still get called to rogue rescue or, mm-hmm. and we do get it right first, but we're not trained to deal with this. And then we're like, crap, we could have helped our neighbor, but I don't know what that was. Well, I mean, there's people that know what to do, but we're, yeah. we're like, you know, a bunch of like five guys show up and start chopping a car, but we actually don't know how to stabilize a patient. Yeah. I mean, that would even be worse. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, there's talk, you know, I mean, this is obviously uh, initial phases. Um, we're definitely going to take the training mm-hmm. where that leads from there. At least everybody will be trained. And then uh, whether that ends up being partial, none, mm-hmm. as long as everybody has the training. Um, yeah. The only yeah. challenge I know with first responder is um, to keep your license. You're supposed to do a certain amount of calls, I believe. I know with EMR. Patient contact. Patient contact. Yeah. contact. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is that. So if we aren't doing these, if we decide, no, we're not going to do it, we're just going to have the guys trained. 
I don't know how that's going to look. What, what yeah, you need, you need to keep your patient contacts up and then continuing education credits, yeah. which, which with our training, which is, which is easy, yeah. but it's the contacts that you need. Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. once you get that license, before that license expires within that year, you should be trying to get yeah. something going. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's, it's easy if we're going to certain, like every road rescue and stuff. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally patient assessment, I think, is one of the contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <you're> absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting time coming up. I think with some of the things that we're looking at doing, um, but like you say, for all the right reasons, um, I think it's another again as we talk about tools in the toolbox and being able to help people and having that in the toolkit is a really big one for us because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're not always going to get lucky and have one of the people that we've got that's medically medically trained on the on the bus as we leave, right? It's, yeah. it's going to be the situation. Does anybody else call a fire truck a bus? No, just me. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, just me. I know it's a bus. A lot of people do. They call it a car. I don't know why you guys call it a car. You guys call it a car, which is weird. We call them cars. Yeah. Somebody's like a car to me. It looks more like a bus. I know. we had. Some, I remember some guys call the truck. They're like, oh, I'll be in the truck. I'm like, truck? You mean the car? <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah, one of those things. You stole the van. <laughs> hey, we used to have the vans. Yeah, the old in Dodge. The, in the van with the bed in the back. Our scene lights were the, the tractor lights. Like, literally, right. it was horrible. One toggle to switch on the dash. You lift up. Oof, your tractor lights go on. Those are scene lights. <laughs> yeah, a little dingle ball hanging from the roof. It'll shine carpet. This isn't Mother Jugs of Speed. Teaching <laughs> shock. It's the Creaker event. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be that. Yeah. that next piece. Um, speaking of, it would have been nice to have. Uh, had that medical training for the one the uh, the other day the uh, the person who fell down the cliff which we were called to that was a, another good one where we uh, worked closely with ambulance again because mm-hmm. I was first on scene with those guys just to check in to see if we were needed um, and yeah you know, helicopters and rescues on mountains and that was an interesting one for sure mm-hmm. yeah so we. Like Carl was saying, so we got requested to assist um, the paramedics. Uh, initially, we were requested just to secure a landing zone for the air ambulance. Um, but as the scene unfolded, our services were required for the rescue efforts as well. Mm-hmm. More so just to help uh, package and carry out. Yeah. Um, so we ended up leaving the hall with our forestry truck we grabbed a basket stretcher uh some uh, harness gear and such and we took that all the way out there so when we got there we didn't really know still what we were all going to be uh, required to do uh but we just wanted to make sure that we had um a few options in case there was a bit of a rescue there so um Todd, you were on scene just ahead of us, yeah, um, and kind of got uh, got a lay of the land prior. So, what yeah, did you say? It, it worked really well. Um, so I had the ability, of course, to keep calm with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I arrived, I was um, just chatting with the other member that was on scene, and he was just giving our dispatch an update, saying, "No, we need the basket stretcher and a team and everything mm-hmm. as well." So I quickly relayed that directly to you guys as yeah. he was through dispatch. So. Just to try and beat that clock a little bit. Yeah. 
and uh, it worked out well. And then we had I followed one of your members in in his personal vehicle as well, so he guided me right to it because there's a little bit of confusion on exactly how to get exactly right. to that scene down that dirt road. Uh, so that worked out very well, having your members there in their personal vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next thing I turn around and Carl's standing there and a couple other guys are standing there and it was, it was great. Um, and then once I grabbed my kits, we hoofed it up there, uh, met with the other medic and we started packaging and assessing the patient. And it worked out, worked out really well having comms. And I think I gave my radio to um, one of your guys and then we just started you guys started hauling, hauling equipment up and we were ready to go in no time. Yeah. So, again, that was one of those scenarios where we needed those extra hands for that patient packaging. That was just it was, it was uh, It wasn't necessarily very steep, but just a lot of un- unstable footing, sharp rocks, <clears throat> you know, to safely extricate this person. We needed that those bodies for the, for the roll, right. getting on the clam and into the basket. Could use one of those wheels. That probably yeah, would have helped, eh? yeah. yeah, one of the big soft ones would have worked really well up there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but, so that, Actually, the the uh, the paramedic on, on car said exactly the same thing. He's like, oh, is you, you got the one with the wheel? And I was like, no. He's yeah. like, oh, you bring a lot of guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we can were, do that. We were working <laughs> on one of those yeah, a couple weeks ago. Good. Like, we, yeah. It wasn't really for our needs. We were like, eh. Well, <laughs> check. Until now, now, yeah. now it's a need. Yeah. Now it might have worked yeah. out fine there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, on the flip side of that, so we had a lot of hands in there. Yeah. So we had, in the end, we had um, one ambulance car, you, in your car. Yeah. Um, we had RCMP on scene. We had five in our forestry truck and another four or five in our rescue truck. And I'd say everybody had a hand one way or the other, mm-hmm. either patient and contact. Three, and three members that went direct. Correct. That's yeah. right. And three members. You, yourself, um, Grant, Grant, and, and Wade. Because it was yeah. Wade's, actually, it was his driveway. I don't know. Yeah. I was my direct, but I was yeah. working elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> right by where I work normally, but I was working higher up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked out really good, especially like with you guys. I think Wade went and grabbed a couple pieces of equipment for me mm-hmm. in the meantime as well, back and forth. And then I think you even went and grabbed something for me back and forth. Like, it just as we needed like, a few more little items for packaging. Um, as the basket team was coming up. So it worked out really good having those extra people because absolutely, myself or the other medic there, we could have, we could have left one like just one person with the patient and gone back and shuttled the gear. But having both of us there with the patient all the time, we got way more done. So we had lines up and running, and, and it, was, it was good. Absolutely. And, yeah, trying to maneuver on that rock with it being as loose as it was. Yeah. I think if we didn't have as many hands as we did, it would be extremely difficult to move Correct. that person. Mm-hmm. It would have been mm-hmm. real problematic. Like mm-hmm. We ended up building a, a small ledge that we could actually rest the basket stretcher on so that we could then kind of move her to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was good. It worked out really, really yeah. well. But again, because there were so many other hands. Yeah. So if that was, if it was uh, BC Ambulance only, you would have had two cars out there plus yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably could have got it done, but it, it would have been a lot of like you say a lot of shuttling back back and forth for equipment. Yeah. And now like it's not like like this. We were probably on scene in sub ten minutes, mm-hmm. um, but to get out of there is a pain in the ass. Yeah. So for you guys to have a couple of cars plus yourself in there, I mean you're really leaving the community in a bad spot. I mean, yeah. you're obviously out there to do a job, and that's what you're there to do. But for us to be able to get ourselves in there, assist. It comes mm. back to our previous 
So no we need conversation. We need that timely help there. That's that's trained, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back at it, if if there was no fire department there to assist, um, we could have eventually carried her down. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it'd be very challenging, and it'd be a lot of gray areas on, on us carrying that person down right. with the with the clamshell. Mm-hmm. Um, or the flip side is we don't do it. We hunker down, start treating as best we can, and waiting. But then we are losing so much time, mm-hmm. you know, for that specialized basket team or whatever to come in or yes. wherever. And it's uh, it's so efficient having you guys there quickly. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, as soon as we were ready to move, and when we got, you guys had that clamshell there, we were ready to roll the patient. It was fast. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a good good extrication, good stabilization. Then you guys, once uh, the patient was in the basket stretcher secured, uh, I kind of stepped back, started gathering my gear. You guys did what you do, mm-hmm. started um, yeah, getting kind of footings and making your arrangements for your track out. Yep. So. And like you were, you were very forward with the, hey guys, like we've done a really good job up to this point. Um, importance on speed is, is yeah. still a must. Like, so, yeah. you know, kept giving us the guidance that, hey, like this is still a very, very rapid walk out yeah safe but as quick as we can mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean sometimes you need to have that you know focus like okay like we're gonna work fast safe but yeah. fast and that was one of those times where you know some people there might not have been recognizing the fact that this patient was in and out of consciousness there mm-hmm. were some issues there so you know knowing and having everybody hear that hey like just to you know, remind everybody here, we got to, you know, make this as quick as possible. Okay, yeah, copy, copy, everybody up, out. Uh, yeah, exactly. We had three people in harness, a couple others were tagging in and out um, to help carry, because, like, generally we do a, a three-person carry, and it's really easy. You know, I was thinking that uh, the other day, because we did that, we probably turned that to four when it's a distance carry. Like we that. easily could, yeah. Because yeah. we, we do three for a rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing, but we because we use a basket stretcher on another call this weekend. That's right. And I was like, eh, we're really better. Yeah, because <laughs> then mm-hmm. one guy's kind of turning backwards, sort of thing. That's right. Um, yeah, we probably turn that into four. Mm-hmm. Four of those type of deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that worked out really well. Like it was, I think it's also mm-hmm. important to say that um, a lot of situations like that sometimes. I've seen other medics kind of step back as soon as the person's in the back of the stretcher mm-hmm. and just like, okay, yeah, they're they're good to go and we'll start, see on the other start, side. start kind of distancing <laughs> themselves. But uh, you need to stay in contact. Because of the train, I tried to follow at the head a little bit and then I kind of bypassed yep. when I saw Carrie at the head there. But you're going to say you rode in the basket stretcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hop on there, boys. You have to ride the basket stretcher, boys. <laughs> yeah. Got a little heavy of a walk. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of tired. I'm going to ride this basket stretcher. <laughs> We got this nice seat yeah. built, built in. I've only I've only been able to poach that on a helicopter ride once. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you guys had to hike down or there. Yeah, yeah but, we hiked up with a basket stretcher to get us rescue this patient. Yeah, this jackass commandeers a helicopter that's on top of the mountain and then yeah. flies down with it. We're like, what about us? It's like, we'll see it, see them, see at the bottom. Oh, see you later. That was awesome. <laughs> but the pilot was great too. I I, I said to him, I said, what I, said, I, said, I, said oh, I said, hey buddy, buddy, you know this is the situation. Um, you know, I don't have the authority to, you know, to really officially request you and, uh, you know, 
pay for everything and authorize payment. He's like, absolutely not. I'll fly down there. I'm like, okay, just to be clear, this is for free, right? <laughs> absolutely. Put her in. Let's go. Yeah, All right. It was a kid that was, uh, it wasn't like a, it no, was like a trauma call. It was it, like a kid that. It was just a little bit of a, not even really heat exhaustion, just leg cramps and yeah. couldn't yeah. walk down. We wanted to get her out of the heat. Kids, are, kids are as tough as they used to be. And, uh, <laughs> 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 but the pilot, the pilot was awesome. So I was like, oh, well, you got room in there for me too? I should be with her. Yeah, absolutely. And we've hiked up half as yeah, I'm just gonna helicopter down. We're like, <laughs> so we're gonna get the glory of the rescue. <laughs> now we gotta hike back down. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good move. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. What I was saying was. It, it worked out great because Carrie, being one of our members as well now with the ambulance. That's right. You know, so I, I kind of shouted out. I said, hey, I'm going to ask you to double dip. Keep an eye on our level of consciousness and breathing as we walk out. Then I kind of scooted around you guys and, and walked forward. So it's yeah. super important having the trust there with your team and Absolutely. realizing that, you know, if I go and say, hey, you know, time is of the essence, speed is of the essence. It's not, I'm not being a dick. It's mm-hmm. just a reminder. But also... The paramedics need to realize that if you guys turn around and say, yeah, we're going to be five minutes, there's a good reason for it. Mm -hmm. You guys are doing it safely Mm -hmm. and going to get your footings and get your plan. You're in charge of the extrication and safely getting that person out. So now it is your game and I'm tagging along. That's so right. it those those roles flip. Yeah, the trade off. So super important for people mm. to remember that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was even a point there where you had to stop us because you had to again do a quick assessment to make sure that yep. things were yeah. okay. Actually I, it worked out well. I took the opportunity, you guys were kind of repositioning. Mm-hmm. So I kinda of snuck in the other side, had another little listen and stepped out and worked out well. Yeah. I mean, there's been in our years here now, a bunch of calls where we find ourselves working together. Mm-hmm. And it's a real nice I mean, we've we've got that that uh, relationship, trust, and like we can shoot it pretty straight yep. when we're out on a call or whatever, right? So, like he says, I'm not going to be a dick, but we need to be fast. <laughs> that was Move basically purpose, yeah. a quote. <laughs> oh, it was a quote. And, and again, it's because we know each other well, and it's, I felt it was a comfortable environment to throw that out saying, hey, Correct. like, yeah. I'm not just saying this to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, but we, just we, a we reminder. Need to be fast. Right? Yep, copy that because so. there's people that might not yeah, you know, exactly. take it as point blank as it needs to be so i'm not it's, saying this we were it's I'm just saying this. one of those Perfect. friendly reminders and mm-hmm. i've seen it a lot where other fire department members take offense to it mm-hmm. they take it personal or the paramedics take it personal if the fire department says something yeah. back mm-hmm. and people have to realize that it's you know, just because you're saying something directly or urgently you're not being rude no. this is the fact like we're still going to go have a beer and shake hands you afterwards. Take offense on the scene. This no, is, absolutely this not. This is, like this is a business. Patient yeah. first, and you know, again, like when you're with the patient, that's your scene. When we're doing extrication, that's our scene. Your job, absolutely. But like, I also don't look at it like that when it's you know a team like like this. No. It's our scene. Yeah. You know what? You're the expert with the patient. We're the quote expert with <laughs> the extrication. You know, so, but let's work together. You know what? 100%, hey, what yeah. what do you need? So while you were up there working with the patient, like you were over there grabbing his bag and you were getting. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there is. Well, I think uh, Grant was passing me stuff. He, uh, somebody brought me a teapot. Teapot. And... What was that? <laughs> Barney, me and Todd are closer than I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not that kind of bag. That kind of bag. <laughs> right. But, like you're like handing him stuff. Like, 
you know, like yeah. we we're there in assistance, right? And then walking down, you know, sure we're we're the ones walking, but it's very much a, a hand in hand thing. I think it just comes back to that we're always looking to help, right? And we're always trying to find that space where help is needed and somebody can think about it and go, hey, you know what? I can do that piece. What do yeah. I need to do? I'll fill that fill that guy, right? Fill that hole. And uh, it's important, and it's how we, we tend to function quite well. And that's you know why it works. Sorry, no, no, you're I, good. that's why it works really well. Back to our smaller communities, because yeah. there is a lot of that kind of co-training and intermingling. Like sometimes, you know, the firefighters are also paramedics, etc. Right? right. So it works really well. And once COVID is over, we've had these discussions in the past that to start intermingling the agencies again for more training, like the firefighter down CPR. This is what we can do. This is mm-hmm. when you're going to come in now and, you know, things like that. So it's back to what we've always said is that patient first focus and that's how we work together. And it, right. it worked really well sitting there on those rocks, you know, trying to lose footing, trying to get placement. And I could, I only had so much reach for certain things and I turn around and boom, one of your guys was it, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was able to step out. Nice packaged, and we were ready to rock. The other thing I liked as well, which I noticed, was uh, our bump-up thing that we do on fires for hose and hose movement. It was happening there, too. Like, one person would say something, hey, did you hear that yet, copy? And then they'd repeat it. And it happened when we were doing the carry. It mm-hmm. happened when we were when we were creating the base, stable base yeah. of the rocks. Like, that bump-up mindset was, I don't know if everyone heard, I'm just going to repeat repeat and two or three people every time something was said or three bites in that bucket yeah it was really good and you guys had uh, a route picked and then just before you started moving i think it was you mm-hmm. that mentioned this is the better route so we're going on that uphill yeah. path mm-hmm. like your the communication was yeah. really good yeah. uh yeah shout uh ash bar sure bar boys are we still <laughs> are they still? I don't know if they're still. The Bar Boys are on hiatus. Um, really good friends of ours now. We've we've forged quite the good relationship with these guys. Uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Um, we hold their bags. That's uh, <laughs> more of a trial. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they're on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, Nick Hilton. He's kind of a the Carl of their podcast. He's got all the equipment and kind of keeps the show running. Well, he's got a new job and a baby on the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that has thrown a bit of a... Chickens. And chickens. chickens. Absolutely chickens. Yep. Um, Chicken (laughs) (laughs) rack. But they still have a lot of good content out there from the past, which is really good. Um, So, yeah, they've been a really big supporter of ours for for the last couple of years and we appreciate that so um they are hoping to get back at it so yeah if, if you haven't had a chance to listen to them yet they do have a lot of episodes out so go back have a listen and uh shoot up a bunch of messages and say hey pick out some new shit <laughs> and maybe DTF, they'll find some time dtff have almost caught up on your episode releases exactly nearly there mm-hmm. uh scott motus oh that's new motus <laughs> scott ignition <laughs> I give you the same thing. I'm gonna start with a new person because you can't even tonight. normally remember the one tonight? thing you're talking about. We do someone new tonight. Who? Crack Armor guys. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 So we're hoping to get. Uh, no, I'm not prepared. 
Go, Moose. <laughs> Mark Long from Cracked Armor. So we're going to get him on hopefully in the next uh, couple podcasts. But he has a clothing line for PTS mm-hmm. um, called Cracked Armor. So it's for uh, first responders, um, police, fire, paramedics. Yeah, it's interesting, interesting stuff, interesting story. Hopefully we'll have him on soon. And his logo is pretty badass. Yeah, his logo is pretty Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah so, um, and I'm guessing, like we haven't talked to him much, um, that a lot of the proceeds are going to go to awareness. And yeah. Things like that, so. It's good. Kind of a bit like uh, Legion. That's right, yeah. It's like Legionnaire. <laughs> you better check it out. Legionnaire.com. Can't remember right now. <laughs> it's totally but uh, the, the Legionnaire website um, a lot of their uh, proceeds go to PTS uh, awareness as well and support um, where the portion of those proceeds go to. They've got a lot of good swag. We enjoy it. Um, I actually plan on going on there and trying to order some more shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's legionengineered.com. Dot com, mm-hmm. yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, great, great stuff. Joel Struthers there. He's also got his podcast, The, uh, the System D, and uh, his book as well, uh, Canadian and French Foreign Legion, Capel. So... Yeah, great stuff. It's it's really good to see a lot of these guys doing this, you know, because when you talk about post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress disorders and stuff, it's uh, a lot more awareness nowadays. Uh, so seeing people being a lot, very proactive, finding a purpose, mm-hmm. doing things like this is, is great. It's yeah. Really good to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Scott Motis. Motis. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... Uh... I'm looking at the news as it happens here with the, uh, the pier on fire. There's a pier on fire near Westminster in BC. Um, pretty massive pier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just down old. Like, I literally just took a picture of that pier two weeks ago. What did the thing say? 150 years? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's old. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty old. Years. That's it's a huge old. part of the so, history of that area. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pictures look crazy. And that, yeah. that creosote burns so gross. It's ah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the uh, the coast really smells great right now with the wildfire smoke and now this massive mm-hmm. so fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Modus. Hey, hey, there we go. <laughs> Modus, uh, big uh, claim to fame is the Snagger tool. They also have the mini spanner, which I keep forgetting to mention. Yeah, it's cool. Commercials for it today. Yeah. I actually have one in my gear that I think you gave me. Yeah, you gave me one. I have too much stuff in my pockets. <laughs> but. But you guys didn't have enough stuff in your pocket the other day. We weren't trying to cut a wire on a yeah. on a <laughs> on a battery. Okay, the cable cutter, man. I always have the cable yeah, cutter. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna get a new cable cutter. Mine, it, mine's old. Yeah. And, yeah. A lot of people had a lot of gear in their jackets, but at this time, like the patient was already extricated. Like the, the rescue was over. Mm. We're like, ah, we should probably cut the battery. People would like doff their jackets. <laughs> nine guys trying to get this battery, trying to bend this. So open. we're we're down at the truck. <laughs> Uh, how many firefighters does it take to cut a battery cable? <laughs> Says the chief, the <laughs> smartass. Because, because what it was, the, <laughs> tr- the, the accident we were on recently, the, the truck was probably a good 150 feet away from, in a field from the rescue truck. So mm-hmm. we actually had to link two, uh, two hoses together to get the, just, oh, to, get really? the, just to get the cutters to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's a long stretch. It was yeah, a stretch, so yeah. We were, yeah, we linked two hoses. That worked good. But then by that point, we had taken it back and we had unlinked it and got it back, to, back on the truck. So we we're like, well, crap, we could use the tow open as Two wasn't there to take the portable? Well, it was, it was but, yeah. but, but I just said, well, we can just link the hose of, yeah, the, of the main rescue truck mm-hmm. together. And we only, we risked needed to pop the door. So it really didn't. 
We didn't need all the first time you had to link like those. It's the first time I've ever seen it. I know we could do it because because Rob came down. I'm like, never done this before. I think it's gonna work, and Rob's like, I think it'll work. <laughs> so we did. We're great. You just gotta be mindful, yeah. and that has to throw out there for a while yeah. of the, uh, how the much, amount of fluid. Yeah, yeah. How much fluid yeah. went in? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. So it went well. Yeah. And, so and the answer to Bob's squirrel. question was <laughs> the answer to Bob's question is two. It took two, <laughs> and then a bunch of officers. <laughs> I took a brand new guy. Yeah, the brand Scott, new guy. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, myself, Rob, we're all. And I think maybe Andrew was, I was going around the there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Motus. 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 <laughs> so if we can come up with some sort of battery, battery uh, disconnection duel. Yeah. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone ever questions what I do, this is it. This is literally what I do. Just wrangle squirrels. <laughs> You're always worried we don't yeah, have time. <laughs> We're going to be short on our podcast. That's true. Well, it's the true. one I missed the other day, I think he piped up for the shout-outs. And somebody mentions, like, oh, yeah, we'll just be a few minutes for a show. It's whatever. It was, like, another 25 minutes. <laughs> Always. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, why did we didn't talk about foam tonight, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking foam. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to foam. <laughs> so we are going to wait before we talk about that. So we have all the, I don't know, up-to-date pertinent information, because it has changed a lot. Uh, and well, maybe we'll see if we can really get a specialist on. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, it's changed a lot, but I guess yeah, te- techniques have changed. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm like you with an engine, you know, these magical unicorns that make water pump yeah. out of it. So it's yeah, well, foam is this white stuff that turns <laughs> clear and it turns white it's after like it's unicorn, <laughs> It just works on certain applications. Okay. Should video. we start over? <laughs> this is why we can't have video. Uh, and uh, they're going to see all of the cuts. Uh, no. Okay, what? Bonus. Please. <laughs> uh, DTFF5. <laughs> Gives you 5% off. There we go. They got a bunch of cool stuff. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Poor fucking voice. That was probably like 15 minutes alone. <laughs> That's 50 minutes of us advertising. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put a price tag on that. <laughs> because it's worthless. I'm, just, I'm reading from the copy they gave us. <laughs> yeah, this is literally... Talk about random shit for request. 10 minutes yeah, and talk, our talk about unicorns. <laughs> yeah, Amazing that, that's product. Gonna be, that's <laughs> going to be the next product. They come out, they're going to stencil a unicorn on it for Scott. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, stop the bleed. Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> StopTheLead.org. Uh, a lot of classes are back in session now. And um, in our area, it's still still slow rollout. I feel our province is going to be cutting things back again, slowing down. Um, however, go to our YouTube page and check us out there. Uh, there's a lot of the content on there as far as um, if you're an instructor, some ideas what to do. We do have the full kind of course on there as well with the PowerPoint. And uh, carry a tourniquet on your person out of the wrapper. Um, learn about the direct pressure and wound packing techniques and the importance of it because it does work. It saves lives. You need to stop the bleed and stop the heat loss. I might be teaching like 10 courses coming up in the next two months. So. Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. Uh, Scott Turner. Tenerals Band. Um, he is doing a live, or did, a, did he just do a live show? 
He just did a live show. He's going to do another mm-hmm. um, YouTube live show this weekend, I believe, coming up weekend. Um, so check him out. We'll probably post the link mm. again like we did last time. Unfortunately, I don't get to go this time. Yeah, you got lucky and stuck in on that one. Yeah. yeah. You held the phone the wrong way, though. For yes, the last I know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 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 and then my battery died. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah country music. <laughs> and like I always say, I hate country music, but I like this country music. Mm-hmm. No. And I, I'm actually warming up to country music. Oh, yeah. Pickup trucks. So you yeah, you're going to buy a truck, and yes, we are. Come well, because because on. on Spotify, I'll I'll tell I was going to say I'll tell Spotify to play. I'll tell Google or whatever to play uh, Tanner Olson Band, and then it plays his songs. He only has like five of them or something on Spotify, mm-hmm. and the next thing is like other people are play, singing. I'm like, oh, yep, this song's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See now, if you're in your truck, it sounds even better. <laughs> Right. Yeah, my cowboy hat. With okay with boots. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually. Yeah. yeah, we can get you there. I'll <laughs> never wear cowboy boots. <laughs> hey, on, on our hunting trip, we'll get you. Yeah. Cowboy boots? What? <laughs> my hunting trip? I'm not wearing cowboy boots. Why oh, not? That's what I'm wearing. Yeah. Jesus. There's no grip on those things. How do you fight well, those? Well, not when you're... Do you fight? Well, I'm not going to put up fighting a bear. Moose and a... <laughs> arm bar. <laughs> Scott's going to hang out of the tree. We're going to call an Elkin, and he's going to tackle it and choke it. <laughs> That's not ethical, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you're, saying, <laughs> you're jumping out of a tree. Like, what's happening? How was the West won by those guys wearing those crappy boots? That's what I'm saying. There's no... Think about it. You're getting a gunfight, you fall over. <laughs> if you can learn to be stable on those. Yeah, yeah stable on anything. Nah, whatever. <laughs> And then we have us, which uh, I I don't know. Um, we uh, obviously, if you're still listening now, I apologise for the past fifteen minutes. Um, no, we uh, we obviously we release an episode every week, but um, we also release a lot of YouTube video content, a lot of content on our Facebook pages, and uh, we are always trying to come up with new ideas to release different information that you guys are looking to. See, I guess. And here? we always yeah. hear, I guess, too. I think uh, one of the next things we'll be doing is the, we'll probably do the inflatable hose. Maybe we'll show that. We'll do a quick yeah. one. Yeah. I want to do cool. the right one. It's you know it's different now that we're here in this studio rather than the old one. Because the old one, we used to be like, let's go do it right now. Yeah. And we walk, yeah. we walk yeah. downstairs. That and is the like, challenge. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our YouTube now just hit 15,000 views, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for heading over there and doing that for us. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Again, if you, uh, if you do have some time, check us out over there. Uh, like and subscribe to some of the video content if you do enjoy it. Uh, and, yeah, pop over to uh, the whatever platform you're listening to this on. How many views until we get Joe Rogan money? <laughs> A lot more. <laughs> more, more <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> oh, I want a little spaceship capsule like he has. Is the spaceship capsule. Do you see his new studio? Yeah. In Texas? Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. Looks yeah. like a Klingon battle cruiser. It's thing. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you like what you hear. <laughs> we don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. I'm lost with this one today. Uh... <laughs> Then like and subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, any more for any more? Mm-hmm. What do you want now? Ignition. 
we talked about it and then we didn't talk, oh, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We should make squirrels. sure we, uh, our, our squirrels were a plentiful today. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we mention those guys too. Uh, Ignition USA. Uh, .us is the uh, website for the uh, CRAP, the Seattle Rapid Access Tool. Uh, we've got a video up on that um, on our Facebook and our YouTube, so make sure you check that out. Um, it is a soft entry tool uh, anytime you want to gain access to a building um, and be able to leave it securable once you're finished. Uh, it has a, a number of features to it. But uh, yeah, check out our YouTube, check out our Facebook video on it, uh, and then check out the videos that... Uh, he has on his social media, and if you like what you see there, uh, GTFF 2020 for 20% off. We should reach out to Jason again and see if we can have him on, see if he's freed up a bit. I know it was hectic yeah, for a while, but... it's been pretty crazy. Um, his response time, through no fault of his own, is super slow because, I mean, it's we <coughs> know what's been going on in Seattle and how crazy it's been down his way. Uh, and now, I mean, I don't know what these fires are like and, mm. you know, how maybe stretched in their area is but uh, we should definitely try to do that he really wanted to get on um, and have a chat with us he was at the start of it wanted to drive up mm -hmm. he's like i'll just come up and now obviously with the borders closed we definitely can't do that but uh, uh yeah we, we could definitely do a zoom or something with him or a zoom or uh what do they call them now are they zooms are they uh you can do ms teams too mm -hmm. yeah we can figure something out and get them on but uh, he really wanted to tell a story because it's, uh, it's a pretty cool story. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. We will do that. Yeah. Any more for any more gents? So, thank you. Good night. Let's go. Good night. Ash. See you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.